a big part of your job is problem solving for people and, and helping people navigate their way through the system. And when someone comes to an elected representative with an issue or a problem that matters or is important to them, uh, a good member, a good representative doesn't inquire after what their politics are. They just inquire after how they can help. That was Terry Farrell, our former MLA and guest today on episode 18. Stay informed, get involved. Welcome to the Great Amber's Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Cameron. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today, I'm so pleased and excited to be joined by our former MLA, Terry Farrell. Terry was our MLA from 2013 to 2017, and he's now a practicing lawyer at Creighton Shatford here in Amherst. So this is a second episode in our political series talking about how individual people can get involved and make a difference in our communities and in our political system with our governments. Talked to Bill Casey last week, and we talked a lot about federal politics. And I want to talk to Terry today about getting involved in provincial politics and what his experience was as our MLA. So again, as I've said before, I think I want to start this conversation now because coming out of the coronavirus shutdown, and especially where we have a municipal election coming up in October, it's important for us to think about and to remember that we as individuals can make a difference. We can get involved, we can take action to make the changes that we want to see happen in our communities. Or if we don't want anything to change and we want things to stay the same, we can also act that way. Said on last few episodes, I think over the last 25 or 30 years, we've forgotten how to and lost the confidence in being able to do this. And I want to start the conversation now so we can start thinking about this. And like I said, in in the context of the municipal election, maybe somebody will think their role is to run for mayor or councillor of the town or the new mayor or the councillors in the county. Maybe it's helping getting involved, supporting who aligns with you and you want to support as a candidate. Maybe it's getting informed and understanding who's running and why they're running. And then finally, for everybody to vote. That's These are the things that I want to start talking about. And Terry came on and shared with us some of his experience in his role as, uh, as a politician. What are some ways, what are some things that the individual person can do to make a difference? Uh, and Terry talked a lot about how it's building and maintaining relationships with members of governments and their staff and other community members. Finally, Terry also tells us the story of how he got involved in politics and most specifically, the piece of advice everyone gave him that he just couldn't follow. And before we get to the interview, I just want to take a minute again in the spirit of the Gratitude Project, say thank you to everybody and anybody who has left us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps us out immensely. This gets brings more awareness and shares the message and broadens the audience and shares the local content and local stories with more people. This helps us a lot and I really appreciate it. And I wanted to share one more review. And this one was titled, Great Local Content. I'm really enjoying the local content. Very refreshing. So thank you to the person who left that review. And if there's anybody out there who is able to, please log on to Apple Podcasts and please leave me a rating and review. I would greatly appreciate it. Today's episode is brought to you by Trider's Craft Beer. The tap room isn't open for now, but you still have options to get your bottles of Trider's Beer. Swing by the new Trider's Drive-Thru to have your order loaded or arrange a free delivery by contacting Trider's through Facebook, email, contact at Trider'sCraftBeer.com, or by phone at 614-8983.
Welcome back to the Great Amherst podcast, everybody. Uh, I'm pleased and very thankful to be joined by Terry Farrell today. Uh, Terry was our MLA in Cumberland North from 2013 to 2017. So thank you very much for coming on, Terry. Well, thanks very much for inviting me, Andrew. It's great to be here. Yes. No, I appreciate that. Uh, I asked you, I wanted you to come on uh, for one main reason. I think coming out of coronavirus shutdown and our self-isolation, we have time and an opportunity to think about what we want for our community. Uh, If there's things we want to happen differently, uh, or if there's changes we want to make, or if we want to carry on as we were doing before, Uh, we have that opportunity to look at it and make that decision. And one of the ways, if we want to make changes, we have to come together as a community to advocate for those changes. And some of those changes need to happen through our governments. And we need to work together to advocate, make those changes happen. And I think that over the last maybe 20, 25 years, or in my generation for sure, those skills and the confidence and the knowledge of how to do that have disappeared, or it's a muscle that we've forgotten how to use. And so I wanted you to come on, Terry, today to talk about that um, from your experience as an MLA. So I think I'd like to start with, I think there's a lot of people out there that are disillusioned or with politics in general and say, well, I shouldn't vote or what I do doesn't matter or any of those sorts of things. So I'm wondering, what do you say to somebody who makes a comment or a statement like that to you? Well, I, I, I rarely ever say the first thing that comes to my mind. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. And, and I won't tell you what that is, but uh, I, I, I usually take that as an opportunity to try to explain to people how they can be a part of the process, how they can work to make the process uh, more understandable to them. And I think that, I think that the, the, the most prevalent reason why people feel that way is because they, they've lost sight of the process and they've not maybe had it introduced to them uh, through school or through their family or in some other way. And uh, they just don't see their place in it. They they don't see where they can participate. And I I really think there are lots of opportunities to participate. Mm-hmm. So h- how would you describe that that process to them? If- well, I, I I think the most important thing to keep in mind is that politics is a team sport, and you your your voice gains. Uh, volume, if you will, or your point of view gains uh, credibility if you put it forward as part of a team. And, but, but you, have to, you have to understand that no one person on the team gets their way or, or gets their point of view uh, put forward and all the time. You, you don't always get your way. So there are uh, a number of different contexts where you can participate as part of a team. So, for instance, our political system in Canada is a, is a party system. And one of the most important ways that you can participate is by being part of a political party. And you're not going to always agree with everything that your leader does or your party does or the other members of your team think, but you have to understand the value of that participation and understand that at some point, 
if you share the values with the other people on the team, if you share values with the other people in the party, that your voice is going to be heard and your point of view is going to be the point of view that results in policy being made or, or legislation being made. So it's, uh, it's a matter of uh, being willing to work diligently away at that and, uh, and be patient for the results because they don't, they're not always apparent right away. But there are, there are many other ways that you can participate uh, that don't involve being a member of the party. And that might be uh, by being member, a member of an interest group or a, or a group that is there to advocate on behalf of a group in society or advocate on behalf of a point of view or support uh, maybe a, a, a group in our society that needs someone to help them with their voice. So th- those, those are the, the most important ways, I think, that you, you can get out there and, and make a difference. Hmm. So I was wondering, as you talked about joining as a member of a party, I mean, we have what four or five main parties, liberals, the conservative party, the green party, the NDP, um, in Quebec, there's a block federally, there's a block Quebecois, but provincially it's really sort of conservatives, liberals, NDP, green party, I feel like, or independent, I guess some people run independently. Yeah. I think an independent candidate is, uh, not a member of a party specifically, but right. uh, and, and and there are other parties that that come and go and mm-hmm. as uh, throughout the process. Yeah. So, what are some ways somebody could get involved in in a political party? Oh, this uh, join your local uh, electoral electoral district association or your riding association. Um, I, I think that most people that are involved in politics and and our elected representatives are are accessible. If you, if you seek them out, you can talk to them on the phone or visit them in their office and, and you can get a, a sense of what they're about and, and whether or not, as I said before, you share the values with those people and, and whether you're willing to commit yourself to, to supporting uh, a candidate or a party or a, or a position in, in, uh, in this, within the system. It's, uh, it's really not hard. I think everybody probably knows somebody who's a member of a political party. Mm-hmm. I and, think, uh, and you can get those say, questions answered. Yeah, I think with the being a member of the political party, I think almost one of the biggest roles that you can play is choosing the different candidates. That's right. That's right. Um, but uh, the the other thing, Andrew, is that members of the party have input into policy. So I can only speak, but from my own personal experience as a as a member of a party and as a as a, someone who has facilitated the policymaking process, I had that role in doing that uh, in the time that I was uh, active, and it is a grassroots process, and it is a it is a, a a system where people get together, and they bring forward ideas, and they discuss them among themselves, and they get formed and they get shaped, and those are the things that become the policies of of the parties, and I'm going to. I'm going to assume that all the parties have a similar type of process. Those things, uh, they get uh, they get recorded, they get communicated, and if your party has the opportunity, either in government or either in opposition as uh, bringing forward private members' legislation, you get to get those things out into the public and you get to... to Get, have some light shone on those ideas and on those policies, and you get an opportunity to to make the 
the laws of the of the province or the country. So I I am wondering with that, we talked a lot about parties. Um, so I guess I'm wondering about the situation that if your MLA is of a different party than you are, then that you that you associate with, does that impact your ability as a local citizen to either advocate for change or get involved with your actual elected local representative? If you let it, if you if you allow that as a as a citizen to happen, but if you don't, um, I, I and I can only speak from my personal experience as as an elected representative. Uh, from the day after the election, I considered myself as being the representative of everybody in my area. Uh, not uh, color didn't matter at that point, and I'm not going to say that there aren't politics that go on in in that forum, but. Uh, a big part of your job is problem solving for people and, and helping people navigate their way through the system. And when someone comes to an elected representative with an issue or a problem that matters or is important to them, uh, a good member, a good representative doesn't inquire after what their politics are. They just right. inquire after how they can help them. That's to, to me, that's how the system should work. And uh, from my experience, I, I think it does work like that most times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. When you were the MLA, you you and I worked together um, on sort of our housing development project here, and you helped us, I will say, navigate through Housing Nova Scotia to get some funding to build um, the some of the apartments down on uh, Mallard Drive and on Derby Street that are for seniors on fixed incomes, and that right. was sort of and that strikes me as that sort of problem solving. We weren't sure how to navigate through the housing department and came to you as the MLA at that point to seek guidance or help in navigating through the area. Well, and, and frankly, I didn't know how either Andrew, but I knew how to find out how to do right. it. Yeah. 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 So it's almost in the role in the MLA becomes the advocate for somebody in our riding or in, in the Absolutely riding. for your area. Yes. And, yeah. and some of the, some of the issues are, uh, very, very individual and very personal. So uh, a, a person might, uh, sticking with housing, um, need to n- navigate through a problem that they have getting a grant to fix up their own house. Um, they might be, you know, more broad-based like like your uh, your type of development, which, you know, is not only a, a business interest, but it's also a, a broader benefit to the community. Or it might be um, of even broader concern like uh, a transportation issue or uh, an environmental issue or something like that. So, you know, it, it's, it, it goes from the very individual and the very personal to the, to the broad base and the, and things that affect every person in the whole area. Mm-hmm. So, which is kind of interesting. I want to, I want to circle back to it. You, you made the comment that a lot of changes in, in the provincial government or wherever it sort of, it's a grassroots process i guess can you think of or, or were there any that you saw as as an mla any that you can think of that were examples of like a grassroots process that local people started to either advocate for a position or maybe change your mind or change your understanding of a position can you think of anything like well, that well i i think in terms of of changing my mind i think m- most times that that happened, and I, I don't want to highlight any one example, but most times 
that that happened, and it did happen frequently. It was because because of lack of knowledge or a lack of understanding about the issue, right? And uh, and that's the importance of maintaining contact with your constituents. And and um, we go to many many social events, and it's uh, some people think that you're doing that, you know, to get your face out there so people will recognize you when the ballot comes or whatever. But in reality, I mean, you're doing that so that you can hear what people have to say. So people know that when the uh, when the fireworks are going to be shot off in Wallace on the last day of June, that you're going to be there. And if they have something to talk to you about, they can talk to you or they can find out how to find you. So it's uh, it it um, and it's a learning process. So I I might not see the value in something or you might not see the the point of view but you uh you take the opportunity to listen people to listen to people and and you learn and uh that's how you form your opinions about what's the what's best and and uh how you should act and how you can best represent your your constituents right yeah that's kind of interesting like getting yeah it i don't think it's reasonable to expect like as the MLA for Cumberland North, like as when you were in that role or even uh, Elizabeth as her current MLA to have an understanding of everything that happens in the riding. Like when you think of, you know, some of the issues in Amherst, the town are different than somebody in Shinnemacass. Like if somebody's in farming in that part of the area, it's a, it's a much different, their needs and their issues and their concerns are much different. So it's kind of, maybe unreasonable to expect you to come in as elected to understand everything that's happening in the riding and everybody's point of view or the impact it had on a specific person. That's right. And, and I mean, not that a person doesn't come into that role with ideas about what they would like to see happen or how they would like to, to change things. But uh, honestly, to ask uh, uh, perspective representative or a, a prospective politician, you know, what are you going to do to bring jobs to our community? Um, it's not really a fair question because no one person accomplishes that task. Uh, and, and a truthful answer to that might not be all that satisfactory to people. A truthful answer to that is I'm going to work with the resources that we have. I'm going to do my best to uh, explore other resources that are available outside the community, bring those all together and and find the find out what works for our community to uh, to make that happen. And sometimes those aren't broad policy strokes that that make those things happen. Sometimes they are, but other times it's it's just simple hard work. It's finding you and finding the resource that's available either within government or in in some other. Uh, uh, some other community or some other business and bringing those things together. So uh, that's, uh, that's the hard work. It's not all that glamorous, but it, it, it those are the things that, that uh, get, get stuff done in, in our community. It, that's interesting. You mentioned that because it, I had a similar thought that I think maybe some of the disillusionment people have with um, government is they think, or they feel like big things should be able to happen right away. Right. Like we should just be able to whatever the big 
big thing is that we should just be able to do it right now and it should be done and it should be solved and we should move on to the next one. And I think as you're talking about, it's very, not slow, but it, it's more individual working within the system, helping an individual person do an individual thing, which may not get the same attention or the same headlines as, I don't want to delve into it too much, it may not get the same headlines or attention as banning assault weapons in Canada. Right. For example. Right. And, and we, yeah, we won't go down that path no. too far today, but uh, every now and again, you hit a home run, but you know, the majority of your, your runs are not scored from home runs are scored from, uh, from uh, making sure that you get down to first base fast enough and uh, making sure that you're, your eyes are open when uh, when the sacrifice fly is hit and you and you uh, you advance the runner. So it's um, these things are they're not the glamorous parts of the game, but they are the things that get the accomplishments done. And it's uh, from I don't want to dwell on this too much either, but from the couch, it's easy to conceive of broad policy strokes or. Uh, major sweeping changes that will make all our lives better and, and cure all the problems of th- that we have in our society. But on the ground, uh, those things don't happen quite that way. No, it's a, it's a bit different. That, that was a, um, I had read an article or heard a podcast. Somebody was talking about, they'd written a book and they were talking about, they called them political hobbyists, which are, <laughs> which are, I'll put it this way. Typically, uh, college-educated white men, 30 to 40, which uh, describes me. And, and and political hobbyists watches and observes politics like it's a sport. And so they know what's happening. They know what's going on. They know who, they know the game. They know what happened today. They know what that, and don't take the extra step to get involved and do the politics. So right. it's like, like I watch the Blue Jays, but I don't play for them, right? <laughs> and, I, and thankfully, I never do or never will. And so that was something, something I wanted to sort of explore. So if we go back to sort of the grassroots movement or something like that, if we, I'm trying to think, if we picked, if we picked an issue, um, I'd like to kind of talk about like, and somebody came to you and said, and you said, you know. I'd like to pick an issue and just talk about what what an actual grassroots movement would be. So, for example, like if we pick something um, like increasing funding for the library, uh, and I don't want to explore how we would do it or that sort of stuff, but if somebody came to you and said, I think we should increase funding to the library, how would you guide them or what sort of path would you send them down to start that process? Well, to start with, anything like that has there's at least two parts to it and one of them is understanding the policy background understanding the situation where you are and why you're there so um and but the other thing is if if you're going to embark on any movement for change in the context of our political system i think it really starts out being about relationships so if uh, you have a local representative who can, uh, who you feel can be part of affecting the change that you want, it's important that you form a relationship with them. And it's probably important that that be 
uh, while being professional, it has to be amiable. Uh, it, it's, it's not always an adversarial process. So, and then you count on the relationship that that person has with the other people who are involved who are going to be able to affect the change. But um, so, sometimes it can happen from the bottom up. And sometimes uh, the issue is that there's not a, an awareness at the center. There's not an awareness in, in administration and uh, cabinet or with the premier about the importance of that particular issue or about how uh, a particular problem can be solved with uh, a, a small expenditure. Um, other times there are more bigger rocks. You have to roll up bigger hills <laughs> and, and bigger things that you have to overcome. So you have to understand the magnitude of your problem. You under, have to understand the, the policy reasons for it. And you have to be willing to work with everybody that is available to help you affect that change. Um, and uh, sometimes the adversarial approach works, but quite often it doesn't. And, you know, that's why we have, uh, that's why we have um, every Every group and every cause that you can imagine um, that is organized in a group of any size has government relations people that work with them. And they, you know, their job is to make sure that those relationships are maintained, no matter who's in government, no matter who has the, uh, the reins of power, and that they can continue to, in a, in a, cooperative spirit put forward their interests and and hopefully influence policy in their in their uh, direction so it's it's groups that advocate for business groups that advocate for uh, um, like uh, the cancer society the heart foundation all of those groups um, municipal governments are in you know strongly in the business of government relations with other levels of government and and they they uh, they work at that. It's not just something that happens. You have to you have to work hard. At, it's like any other relationship. You have to work hard to maintain it, and you have to uh, overlook maybe uh, some things that you don't like, and and uh, try to if you miss one boat, your one bus, you hope you catch the next one that comes along. Yeah, that's an interesting interesting um, comment or take on that. We talked a bit. Uh, before we started uh, the interview, talking about the um, the Cumberland Business Connector. So, for right. example, this would be uh, sort of a group representing Cumberland County for businesses to not use, but as part of that group to advocate to the government to maybe perhaps explain or share issues or concerns that are different for Cumberland County than Halifax. Right. Yeah. And so, and there'd be other, so that's one group. There'd be other ones like, you know, Chamber of Commerce can help that way too. Um, now, if you're just, just a person and you don't necessarily have, you know, the government relations team or those people around you, do you, do you just throw your hands up and give up? Like, is that what you do? Or what can those people do no. or these people do? Well, uh, I think that, depending on the issue you either 
find like-minded people who maybe are already organized or who are willing to do so, or for something that's more individualistic or, or, or that uh, has a more of a narrow focus, you simply contact your elected representative. That's their job. Their job is to listen to you and to uh, hopefully not explain why you can't do what you want to do or why what you're hoping to see is is not going to happen. Uh, you know, hopefully their job is to um, hopefully they see their job as to put your point of view forward and and have that influence that maybe you don't feel that you have yourself mm-hmm. express it on your behalf. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I think I think there's also as you said, develop the relationship with, I'll see if you agree with me on this one or not, develop that relationship with uh, your member, uh, your representative. I also think there's a, advantages to develop the relationship with the member's uh, team, like their, their staff and their assistants or people that help them out. Absolutely. Those, those folks are invaluable. And I, I, uh, I'd probably be in a little bit of hot water if I, you know, if I didn't mention the importance of the people that elected representatives rely on every day because they do they do a lot of the heavy lifting and they do a lot of the hard work that that makes this stuff happen and and their knowledge is important too and uh, as a you know as a representative i was very fortunate to to have uh, experienced people all around me locally and and in the uh in halifax and and to just uh your you can't know everything right off the bat. So the more, the more, the more uh, experience you have to rely on, the better off you are. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, that makes a lot of sense. I think I, I know I talked with your assistant here in Amherst numbers of number of times on getting information or getting things connected that way. Um, so I'd like to. Debbie uh, White, we have to mention her name, Andrew. Yeah, I couldn't remember it. I'm sorry. We have to, remember, <laughs> we have to mention <laughs> Debbie's name. Yes. Um, yeah, I think she's, she working for, does she work for Lenore now? She's working for the member of parliament, Lenore Zan. Yes, yes, she is. Perfect. That's what I thought. Um, so in the next section, uh, I'd like to sort of talk a bit more about what led you into politics and how to get there. But I just want to take a quick minute to read, um, a note from our sponsor today, which is the, today it's the Great Amherst podcast newsletter. So if you're interested in getting uh, updates on all the most recent interviews and episodes sent directly to your inbox. Uh, go to tgapod.com slash subscribe, uh, enter your information there. And when there's a new episode posted, we'll send you updates uh, directly to your inbox. So you won't miss another episode as well. In the future, I'd like to start sharing more events and activities that are happening in town. So again, if you have um, an event or something happening in town and would like to have it included, please uh, reach out um, through the same uh, through the same page, tgapod.com slash subscribe. All right. So uh, Terry, I'd like I'd like to go back just for a little bit to hear sort of the story about how you got into politics, you got involved. So you were first elected as an MLA in 2013. That's right, October 2013. Yeah. Were you were you involved in politics some way beforehand or was that your first sort of foray, foray into it? That was my first major uh, jump into the pond, if you will. Um, I had 
I had certainly had some limited involvement before, and I had uh, I had done a limited amount of work for other candidates in the past. But uh, that was uh, at that point, I, I I made a decision that I was I was going to really step up and and uh, take take a run and and see if I could uh, if I could uh, become a much bigger part of the of the picture. I guess it was. Uh, um, it certainly took a lot of uh, consideration and a lot of thought beforehand. Yeah. So before you made that decision, like, can you tell us who were the people you sort of ran this by or floated the idea by? How, well, how was, was that process like? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I had always considered myself a, a member of the party and uh, the Liberal Party, and I had always uh, considered the, the, that to be the team that I was on and the, the views that I had shared. And there were certainly some some people uh, there who uh, who um, I, I I valued their opinions and who supported what I was doing. And of course, of course, my family too. You know, once I once I knew that it was going to be uh, okay at home, then I I was able to. To really step up and and start making the plans and and start putting it forward, but uh, certainly uh, the the campaign that I had been involved in in uh, in the past that uh, gave me the taste for it was when Ross Bragg became the first uh, member of the legislature for Cumberland North back in oh my soul I think it was ninety three if I'm not mistaken so okay. it, was, it was twenty years previous and. Uh, and uh, Ross's wife at the time, Kathy, had remained a friend uh, over all those years. And uh, she had certainly mentioned it to me a few times. And uh, she uh, she supported it. And uh, it was uh, when I went home and, uh, and said, uh, Kathy thinks that I should uh, go try to get the liberal nomination. And Nancy said, well, I guess that's a good idea. <laughs> and, and that was all it took for me at the time. But yeah. fortunately, I I was also uh, the uh, the member of the the president of the local riding association was uh, a coworker at the time, Dave McNairn, and uh, and Dave certainly supported the decision as well. So we uh, there were a number of people involved that uh, that uh, gave me the little push that I needed. Yeah. So w- when you started that campaign, I'm curious to see if if you remember if you can tell us about like just that first house that you walked up to to go up and knock on the door and say, hi, I'm Terry, I'm running. Do you, do you remember, do you remember what that time felt like? Uh, yeah, it's terrifying really. And I, I always found the idea of going out and knocking on, on the doors terrifying. And, uh, but as soon as, as soon as you do it and, and as soon as the door opens and as soon as the conversation starts, that all goes away. And, and, I guess really that's the point where you you get a clear understanding of what you're doing and and what your job is and and why you're there because you you don't always like everything you hear and you don't always get a warm reception but you do get a feeling that you're you have your your hand on the pulse of what's going on in the community and you know what people are thinking and uh, you know uh, what they expect of you. And you know what your you really get an idea of what your job is by by doing that and by knocking on those doors. So what I'm kind of curious. Like I I've never gone out and knocked on doors for a candidate or whatever. But when you go do it, what's 
I, I don't know what's the goal, but what's is there something you're trying to accomplish there? Like, you're just trying to connect with the people, Andrew. It's it's just that simple. Um, I, I could say something smart, like you're just trying not to get the door slammed in your face. But that's <laughs> probably true. That's probably true too. But uh, you're you're just trying to connect, and you're trying to. I mean, you're trying to win the person over. You're trying to get them to vote for you, and that was one of the the practical pieces of advice that I received is that, you know, when you go to the door, you can't leave without directly asking the person to vote for you. That's, that's pretty much your primary purpose there. Uh, and there's another piece of advice that I had a hard time following and that's never spend any more than between one and three minutes at any one door. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I wasn't very good at that one because the conversations are fascinating. Uh, yeah, everybody would have a story. Oh gosh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And and some of them are pretty, some of them not so pretty. Um, you know, sometimes you end up in, in the kitchen, uh, you know, really working with somebody trying to help them figure something out. And it's uh, so I might not have got to as many doors as I should have because I couldn't, I couldn't stick to the three minute rule, but. I, uh, and yes, I got some doors slammed in my face and yes, I got some angry, uh, remarks, uh, some of them directed at me, some of them directed at, uh, the, the premier, some of them directed at who knows what, something I had no, no control over, <laughs> but, uh, it, uh, it, it's, it, it's a great experience and, uh, but it, it didn't matter every single time when I was fixing to go out, it's, it's terrifying and it's, uh, it's, you you go through a lot of things in your mind, but then once you get started, it's 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 kind of what it's all about. It's kind of it makes you makes you realize why you're there. Yeah, and so like leading up to like you said, Kathy Bragg said, you know, Terry, you should run for the seat. Was was there any, or even going way back to getting involved in Ross Bragg's campaign? Was there was there a specific event or something that had happened that? spurred you into getting involved in his campaign uh, being asked and and i think maybe that's one of the uh uh the most important parts is you uh you know when when particularly the candidate or someone else involved in the campaign you know asks you that and 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 you feel that well that person must think i have something to contribute um so i, I think that and maybe Maybe that's an area where political parties now aren't uh, doing as well as they could be at, at getting people involved because you got to get people at uh, a stage where you you convey to them the importance of their involvement and, and you make them understand that we need you and we need your skills, we need your points of view, and we need your input, right? So uh, that's. Uh, that's the catalyst, I think, for a lot of people is just simply being asked. And then when you get there, uh, some people have the bug more than others. But, uh, you know, I think there's a place for most people in the process. Yeah. So that's actually a really good transition because I once start these conversations in context of, well, currently it's still scheduled. We have, we have a municipal election scheduled in October. You know, hopefully it's still able to go on uh, happen at that point. 
So if we shift to that, like, would you have anything you'd want to tell or share with people who are thinking, uh, you know, maybe I could get involved, maybe not, maybe on the fence going, you know, should I get involved? What can I do? Like if we think just in context of the municipal election. Sure. Um, I think that if you, if you're talking about getting involved as a candidate, uh, I think that the something that I've seen in my experience with respect to municipal candidates and successful municipal candidates is uh, a lack of understanding of the nuts and bolts of municipal government before getting involved. Municipal government uh, performs some of the most fundamentally important tasks in our local community and they are difficult tasks they are already they are always performed under a microscope of uh, public scrutiny they are uh, they're critical to our day-to-day survival oh yeah you and think when you turn the tap on people, you want right. water <laughs> or when you hit the lever the other you thing you want happens. it to go so, away exactly. that's it yeah <laughs> But uh, but people people don't see that prior to getting involved. They don't understand the complexity of making those day to day things happen, and they 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 think that they're going to uh, alter the management style of the municipal government. They think that they're going to uh, stop municipal government from wasting huge buckets of taxpayer dollars. Uh, they they see. They think that they're going to make huge, broad policy changes by being elected in a municipal context. And in reality, they're just they're going to assume all the responsibility for all of these things. They're going to be the conduit whereby everyone who has elected them and everyone who hasn't been part of electing them is still going to want them to respond to their questions, comments, concerns about about this all of these things and and they they know it's important work but they don't know why it's important before they get involved right and 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 i and i i've i'm basing this on you know my almost 30 years of being you know a a, a resident of amherst an adult taxpaying resident of amherst but you've been uh, involved in municipal before like you were the chair of the planning advisory council or a committee for a while yes i was yeah. yeah i was there for about 19 years i think yeah yeah and so uh, that, you see that firsthand right you you understand the the kinds of decisions that have to be made on a day-to-day basis and some of them are are of appear to be of greater magnitude than others but they're all important and they all have an effect and they all have an impact on on uh, the community I think I talked to one of one of my good friends. Um, he lives in Calgary, and he helped one of his friends run for uh, Calgary City Council. And I was talking to him about. I said, you know, like, why would you want to run for municipal politics? You know, like the interesting and the good stuffs, federal and provincial. And he goes, no, municipal. You make a decision; it impacts somebody right away. Like you have direct impact on somebody's life almost every day, and all of your decisions. Like, uh, like I think, like, yeah. I think like the free ice time at the rink, uh, yeah. that impacts people directly. 
Like you can almost have as much or if not more of an impact on somebody's day-to-day life as a municipal politician or in municipal government compared to necessarily federal. For sure. Yeah. So that's, so do you have any thoughts? Like if somebody wants to learn more about the municipal government, like where do you go? How do you learn this stuff? Do you have any? Go to a, go to a council meeting, talk to your counselor. Uh, you know, it's uh, pay attention, uh, review the things that uh, are posted on the town's website uh, or the county's website, you know, just keep, keep an eye and, and you, Everything that they're doing is available to to be viewed by the public and to be um, uh, to to be seen. So you're, uh, there's uh, there's ample opportunity for you to follow on a day to day basis what your municipal government is doing and to um, form an opinion on how you might be able to have an effect on that. Yeah. It, I think even now everything's live streamed or like the recordings, of the meetings. Well, even now I think most of the council meetings are happening via teleconference or zoom or something. So I think you can get the recordings yeah. of the actual meeting. That's right. And I, I know uh, Amherst for quite some time had been streaming their meetings live, which is, which is wonderful. I, I've been to a lot of council meetings in the last 20 years, 20 plus years. And it's very rarely that there's a uh, any level of participation at all, and uh, it's. Uh, I mean, there are there are rules around participation. Anybody can go and watch if you want to be part of the meeting. There are rules around that. You have to follow them, uh, but uh, it's not it's not difficult. No, hey, I've been to uh, through our work, like through a number of meetings or uh, planning advisory council meetings and different things, like for our stuff. And there's, you know, there's public participation meetings. And there's public participation forums and, you know, there's one person, maybe two people that show up that it's a way that you can get your opinion, make sure that you're, you're heard. Yes, that's right. And, and a, a word of warning for anybody who's thinking of getting involved in, uh, in municipal politics, folks don't show up to support what, what is about to happen. Uh, folks generally tend to show up to uh, voice their opposition to whatever's being proposed at the time. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, that's actually something I'd like to uh, explore like more later on in the summer leading up to it is talking more about what, you know, like, what is the structure of our municipal government? How is it set up? What's just so people have more of a, a sense of uh, if they want to get involved or something like that. So um, we're kind of getting near the end of end of where we're at. And so thank you very much, Terry, for coming on. Um, oh, thanks, Andrew. It's been great. Yeah. So you're, so if other people have, so right, actually let's go back right now. You're, you're working at Creighton Chatford law firm. Creighton Chatford. Yeah. Yeah. And are you, is your firm open? Are you? We're here. Uh, We have a a varying number of people here on a day-to-day basis. I mean, we're uh, all mindful of social distancing and we're, we're being very careful there. The front door is locked. Uh, we're, we're providing essential services, uh, in person on an, on a, uh, case by case basis. Uh, we're providing regular service in many, many ways, um, without actual direct personal contact. Uh, in, in, in a lot of ways, things are, are going on like normal. Uh, a big part of what I do is, uh, peer in, the, all of the courts in, 
that are here in Amherst. And uh, there's, I haven't made a per, an in-person court appearance since the, the shutdown, uh, but we still deal with necessary things through phone conferencing and video conferencing and things like that. Um, so we're, we're just managing our way through it and trying to be safe and to, and to keep our clients safe. Yeah. I think we're all in that same boat. So if somebody needed any help or any services from you, what's the best way to get in touch or in contact? Well, we're, uh, we have a, a pretty good presence in the community on the web and, uh, and that so forth. Uh, my number is six, six, seven, eight, four, nine, Oh, and my, Email address is terry.farrell at creightonshadford.ca. Perfect. I'll put those in the, the show notes that if anybody needed anything or was looking for help, they can reach out to you. So That's great. And we're, we're, uh, we're small, but we're mighty here. We do provide a very broad range of services uh, uh, here at Creighton Shafford. We have uh, great, uh, a, a long, long record of providing service to business and, uh, and, uh, and you know, just most other things that you need. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Terry. I hope you can get out and enjoy this beautiful day too. Well, I'm going to be here for a while, Andrew. I'll see if I can catch a little bit of the very end of it. Perfect. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you once again to Terry for coming on and talking to us about his experience as her former MLA, and his experiences being involved in municipal politics. Uh, I hope everybody listening is able to learn something and think about how they can get involved and make an act to make a difference in our community and perhaps in the political system. Uh, this was episode two. Coming up next week is our interview with former town mayor, Robert Small. If you haven't done it yet, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts to make sure you do not miss an episode. Have a great day. and We'll see you all next week.